Common is now seen, of course, in our organization as a strategic stakeholder to unlock new opportunities for business within the organization. This goes way beyond just cost saving or financial saving. Using the predictive systems that we have built, we were able to navigate the perfect storm of semiconductor shortages alongside the friction caused through the supply chain disruption over the last couple of years. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. Hello, everybody. This is Vin Kumar from the Hackett Group. I'm a principal in the Hackett Group. I lead digital enablement practice at Hackett and host of this episode of our Business Acceleration Podcast. Today, we are delighted to feature one of our seven winners of the Hackett Group's 2022 Digital Awards winner. We are going to be spotlighting cutting-edge companies who are creating competitive advantage and delivering measurable solutions at scale using digital transformation solutions. MTN Group is a $10 billion company based in South Africa. The company operates in 21 countries across Africa, the Middle East, and runs Africa's largest cell phone network. They received an award in our source to purchase category for predictive procurement for strategic sourcing system, which helped them to transform the procurement operation. Joining us to talk about their efforts is MTN Group Chief Procurement Officer, Dirk Carl. Welcome, Mr. Carl. Thank you for the invite, Vin, and it's a pleasure actually joining your podcast today. Thank you, Dirk, and again, I appreciate MTN Group for taking all the effort in participating in the awards. It was a, a pretty stringent effort on your side, and the competition was stiff, So, but uh, really glad that to see how well the solution you had put in place and winning the award itself. Yes, thank you. I just need to convey the same message. We were impressed about the thorough due diligence that uh, Hackett has done by nominating and shortlisting us. It was quite an intensive process for the team to qualify. We were very impressed about the thoroughness of the uh, assessment. And of course, a pleasure on our side as well. We were delighted to get the news to have won this category. And particularly because we are taking proud of the fact that this is a South African company. It's the first African, let's say, out of Africa headquartered company that is being considered and won such sort of award. I think your history goes back to 2012. So it's quite also for us a novum to have received this recognition from your side. So just wanted to start with some questions for you, Dirk on if you could share something on what was the problem you were trying to solve? What were some of the unique challenges that you had that you were trying to address with the solution? Yes, thanks. I think we we need to first start, of course, with the driver, which is the alignment of our group sourcing a strategy with the business strategy. In this business strategy of of MTN Group as a telco carrier in Africa, we are in the middle of transformation of the business operations in Africa because we are transforming what we call from a telco environment into a techco. 
into a platform business. And since we are also having the aim in the business strategy to be the largest one in Africa and also the most valuable business platform in Teco in Africa, we also bring, of course, a very clear focus of connection, connectivity to Africa and to our enterprises. And when it comes then to how we translate this as a challenge to global sourcing and supply chain, we are also need to adapt this platform thinking. And platform thinking goes, of course, with undergoing a change into an agile operating model for our business, which supports the organizational drive towards a more agile platform business for enterprises and the end consumers. So what we did build and what we tried to solve is, first of all, the synchronization with the business strategy in becoming agile. And one of the ingredients is, of course, that we need to be agile with a digitized approach, with adapting a digital DNA in sourcing and procurement. What we have come up with in this respect is a new strategy, which we call actually as a brand, belief strategy. And you will see the acronyms by this being called belief. First of all, we look at the ESG as a core in the business strategy. And we have taken that on board in terms of making uh, global sourcing and supply chain, of course, we want to source to make it a better world. So it's all about the environmental uh, sustainability, the social change driver for a sustained future. That's one part. That's the BE in this belief strategy. On the other side, we also have an ingredient which is called insights in our strategy. And that's more the intelligence uh, driven to proactively manage risks, so business resilience, nerve system and alerts, and make also in sourcing and supply chain a more data-driven, informed decision. That's the I in our brand of belief. And then we have value, of course, contributing, of course, uh, with the V, contributing to bottom line results through efficiencies and savings. So the financial savings, the cost avoidance, and bringing, of course, also the increase of external revenues on a P&L basis to our group. The E in the belief twice, and that's underlining also the award, is the ad 4.0 related to the industry 4.0, where we want to front run in adopting technological advancements in terms of system development in-house. And also the entrepreneurship, where we are trying to get, let's say, scouting, the venturing and the partnerships established with not only procurement and sourcing solutions, but also with other, let's say, market relevant companies that are startups. So a kind of garage thinking as well in our strategy. And then there's the innovation through internal incubation. That's the lab, that's the L in the belief strategy. And that lab is fostering innovation in terms of in-house development. I hope that answers your question, what we have tried to achieve. Yes, it does, Dirk. And I think also the market you're trying to provide this platform solution is, you know, people see Africa as one market, but it's made up of multiple countries and each have their own, you know, regulations, requirements to do that. So to provide it at a scale at, without this excessive cost involved in that is remarkable and what you're trying to achieve. 
So, Dirk, like many companies, one of your issues was a complex IT infrastructure, a plethora of ERP systems that couldn't truly talk to one another and a lot of data in incompatible formats. What challenges did this create for you? What was the aim in terms of overcoming that sort of challenge? It was actually making smart procurement decision still under the face of uncertainty. And with those, let's say, insightful and actionable insights for data-driven decision-making, we were in stovepipes and we were siloed with multiple IT infrastructure. So our main challenge was changing the mindset of our team, the landscape and demonstrating true value of data. And the challenging part was not in middleware integration, warehousing, data lakes, what you normally hear as buzzwords, because we have onboarded already years ago a kind of harmonization of our IT landscape. We, we have rolled out on a fast track a new e-sourcing suite across our 17 markets in order to create our data lake, if you want to call it that way. The biggest part of challenge in that environment was the digital culture was missing. The digital culture was missing in terms of your existing organization not using the data points they were getting, those data-driven insights. And it was also the lack of skills of our procurement and sourcing and supply chain community in even being capable of translating those insights into actual outcomes and benefits for the organization. So making that connection is the data I'm going to use to make a more informed sourcing and supply chain definition. So in order to start on this, the critical challenge was data quantity and quality, of course. We needed to translate data and information, of course, in smart information that you can do for and use for, let's say, real-time or near-time insights. Moreover, that large amount of data, it was impossible for us to get the insights in a reasonable time frame. And it was preventing us from going beyond just prescriptive describing insights. All those challenges exposed to the risk of a non-optimal sourcing decision prevented us from proactively spotting business opportunities before they arose, right? So it, it wasn't preventive, it wasn't forecasting, it was rather after the fact in terms of having those data insights. Those challenges exposed us to risk of non-optimal sourcing decisions, so scenarios or decisions on price units, from proactively spotting business opportunities before they came along. The process of this transformation is an enabler in the digitalization journey. Unless you do not redraw the processes that enable agility, governance, the right data capturing, the subset of this in terms of smart data marts of the source itself, you cannot truly realize the benefits of the digitization journey and investment. And lastly, as I said, it's an adaptation that we needed to overcome. It's an upskilling of the resources. It's people, process, and technology change in three pillars, which are an ingredient for a successful digital transformation. Our stakeholders having various degrees of digital skill sets, 
we have about 18,000 FTEs and 80,000 suppliers, actually, if you want to size that, and a procurement team in 18 operations in 18 markets. So upskilling and change management became the challenge. Thank you for that. And it really seems to have been significant hurdles that you had to go through to do that. So really kudos to you and your team and your vision to create that. One of the intriguing part and exciting part of what we saw in the solution is you use significant number of digital components, AI, natural language, you had your own chatbots, you used robotic process automation, you used uh, recommendation engines with decision supports. Can you talk us through the how the various elements of the solution that you used and how they were integrated? The journey hasn't started yesterday. Uh, I mean, we have invested, of course, in data science, in skills, in-house uh, skills, and also taking tools and, let's say, toolkits in order to develop our own IT solutions for it. So it's in-house made. And those tools that support our sourcing functions, what you just reflected on with input of AI, jetbots, RPAs, and also a decision and recommendation engine, we stepped up because we needed this for decision making, but we also needed it for risk mitigations. And we also needed it for business resilience using those advanced technologies, as I said, machine learning and artificial intelligence. We identified three high impact areas. First of all, the one impact area is a pipeline of sourcing events, bundling opportunities to leverage, of course, volumes across the group. The identification of cost drivers in the categories and modeling this to preferred award decisions using game theory. So also a bit of the desired outcome and how you influence, let's say, behavior modeling wise, the actions of the vendors throughout a sourcing process. And then the third, but not last, is a high impact automation opportunity using the RPA automation opportunity to underline the agility. We quickly realized to bring all ongoing and planned sourcing activities under one so-called nerve center. So it's not only the database, data warehousing, or let's say the middleware integration. So it's also a nerve center that reads out all those events next to a data lake. So for example, our sourcing calendar is part of the nerve system. The demand planning part is part of this center. The contract renewal opportunities are being fetched in this center, as well as the new launches of category refreshes. They are all under constant monitoring from now in what we call this kind of cockpit or what we call this kind of nerve center. That's why our expert sourcing teams are guided by, let's say, price curves for each of the categories. Our scenario analysis tool is simulating and going through millions of perpetuation of possible sourcing uh, awards scenarios and selects, of course, the optimum based on the, the RFP responses that are coming in the various stages in, selects the optimum scenario for final negotiation. We even have our own artificial intelligence enabled virtual assistants, which we call 
of course, related to our uh, company name GSSC, Jessica. By introducing Jessica, we decreased the cycle time and they achieved operational efficiency through automation of processes and manual tasks. This allowed us to be strategically focused and to move away from monotonous, repetitive tasks to such as data cleaning and also consolidation of reports in data. We further developed also the artificial intelligence machine learning capabilities to assist in e-auctions that we were running, providing data-driven vendor evaluations that allow our category managers to see the behavior in an e-auction and to optimize the potential tender outcome. That is really interesting on how you've thought about this so holistically, looking at it from an end-to-end. But one of the things that really struck us and sounds very interesting is about your recommendation engine. And I think that seems to be a heart of your kind of a solution. And could you share any more insights on that, uh, on your recommendation engine? Yeah, if you talk about the recommendation engine, when it's what we call the industry first tool, completely developed in-house by our procurement center of excellence. We have multi-billion dollar spent portfolios across our categories. And we run, of course, various types of sourcing activities, transactional and strategically across our 18 countries. And our group functions, of course, in the center as well. While having a standard in e-sourcing in terms of system support, this helped us to centralize this data. It does not enable us to detect proactively volume leverage, bundling, and seasonality of a ticket by default. So that's where we started in our data science team in procurement excellence to develop machine learning algorithm to scan our entire procurement ecosystem, such as, as I mentioned before, sourcing calendars input, demand planning input, budget inputs, contract renewal needs, and ongoing e-sourcing data. That's all a data feed into this recommendation engine. It is then harmonized into a single view where different bundles are automatically being created by this machine learning according to commonality of the vendors for awards potentially, common timelines in terms of business need dates. The relevant category managers are then grouped as one team, as one cross-functional team to negotiate one deal jointly for the group or for various outputs that are bundled in this transaction. These sourcing events and the leveraging of the volume, of course, for better unit prices and commercial terms. The team is now working on the next enhancement to even enhance the algorithm by incorporating commodity forecasts, business resilience forecasts, inflation forecasts on those categories that even then take a recommendation, even take the time and the seasonality of the ticket into consideration in order to capture the lowest TCO, to fetch those opportunities. Thank you, Dirk. And that sounds, as you said, industry first that we have seen and as we have been doing this for almost you know 10 years and, and we have not seen kind of this type of recommendation engines being used more on the SGNA functions of finance, HR, IT, procurement. You see it more on the 
more closer to the business side, revenue generation side. So this is great to see that. One thing is you talk about the decision uh, support system that was part and again, another heart of that, of the solution you had put and uses game theory to do that. Can you elaborate for the listeners on how that works? Yeah, I mean, thank you for the question. And I think from a, a scheme perspective, strategy-wise, as you just mentioned, we are not only looking at RPA as an automation because that's more the efficiency side. We are looking at it from effectiveness, not efficiency. We are looking for effectiveness, and that's why why we always think about industry-first tool where we are adopting it in a procurement and supply chain area. So now we have also looked at game theory for the decision support system. So next to the recommendation engine. And that this in-house decision support system was taking the game theory for modeling potential outcomes of award scenarios. We call that system DSA. We standardized the way to analyze each bid proposal across the organization. For this purpose, we created this application and the DSA is in development using machine learning again, and it is used in every strategic sourcing event now in major categories. The decision support, the DSA identifies, let's say, cost drivers in bidding proposals and models the award scenario for each bidder. Decision support application manages also cross-functional decision-making and combinatorial negotiation in complex multi-unit tenders across several markets. And using the DSA, we instantly move from several million permutations of scenarios into single-digit ones with a complete audit trail as well. Previously, the only way to manage this large number of variables and outcomes was through X-based formulas. This would have taken hours with varying degrees of accuracy. And the same optimization is now done in milliseconds with the DSA. By introducing the decision support application, we have always taken our subjectivity from our sourcing decisions in terms of which scenario is optimal for the business. All the bits are now analyzed for their cost drivers, stress-tested with award scenario optimization, and the negotiation agendas are drafted using game theory for each of the bidders to influence behavior. Sounds like a complex algorithm which you have tried to uh, codify in your decision-making and recommendation engines. And again, kudos to your team. Hearing you talk about using a decision support system, a recommendation engineering, you spoke about Jessica, the chatbot, the RPA tools that are, that you've used. What strikes out at is how did you manage to integrate all of them? And you know that's where we are seeing best-in-class companies approaching digital is the stitching of various technologies to make it you know an intelligent, straight-through processing solution for the end-to-end process. So just your thoughts on or what you saw in how difficult it was to integrate all these different technologies. Any thoughts that you could share with our listeners on this? Yes, I would describe it in IT language terms, of course, that what we have opted for is not one size fits all. In IT language, I would say 
We have opted for best in breed. We have opted for in-house developments. We have opted for COTS packages, and I call it component wear, right? Components that you are putting together as the uh, group sourcing and supply chain IT landscape. And when you look at that, it, it has one, one major ingredient, which is called in our terms, the fast track boost, which is an ERP system that integrates, of course, all our components that we have rolled out into the markets. So we have standardized, of course, our e-sourcing suite, and we have created this uh, massive, let's say, data lake with our boost project. That's an element, uh, the key driver that has taken out some of those integration efforts. It was an extremely complicated exercise, as you can imagine, particularly changing the legacy on-premise ERPs to the cloud ERP, of course, and then also enabling sourcing and supplier management and contract management as part of this cloud transformation. So that's what we established as, as the fundamentals that allowed us then to plug in our in-house solution, as I describe it as component work. We established, of course, a dedicated change management stream as well to ensure that our markets, the ATIM markets are adapting the solution, the right training, the support of internal and external stakeholders, of course, also the supplier market. MDN has already invested in an end-to-end visibility of sourcing transactions while the data points were available. But to become predictive, we had to use data science and machine learning. There were two main challenges in building and launching a predictive procurement initiative. These were, first, the data and resource mapping. Organizing data and creating a cohort of the cross-functional team was highly challenging. While dealing with data, we encountered issues such as unstructured data that had to be normalized, cleansed, missing data that had to be mapped from other data sources to complete the golden thread, and unorganized data that had to be extracted, transformed, and loaded into a golden thread data lake. We used, as we referred previously, our AI assistant, Jessica, to clean and normalize the data. Jessica screened through millions of data points to read and modify the data sets to fit them into the proper format, normalize the missing values with averages, and summarizes the outliers transaction for manual review. This improved our data quality significantly. The second aspect was to organize a cross-functional team that is also very challenging. And at MTN, we have a team of data scientists that understand and think like category managers. Having a data science background and sourcing background is our secret recipe to deliver predictive procurement initiatives. And I think uh, you've been as creative as possible to get this type of talent who've got both the subject matter from a procurement perspective and also from a um, the digital and data science perspective. So that's great. Nick, moving to the next question I have for you, Dirk, is we know, and I think you shared with us, uh, you know, both Jessica and the decision support system that you have have been in production or live for two years. And the recommendation engine has been live for about a year. Uh, what is the, the value that is generated or created for MTN Group overall after going live? 
When I look at the business results, because that's really the real business value measurement, MGM procurement, of course, GSSE has transformed the organization through multiple levers. We have increased the EBITDA results of the sourcing of sourcing business by more than 30% in terms of external revenue. Procurement is now seen, of course, in our organization as a strategic stakeholder to unlock new opportunities for business within the organization. This goes way beyond just cost saving or financial saving. Using the predictive systems that we have built over this one and two years in development and in usage, we were able to navigate the perfect storm of semiconductor shortages alongside the friction caused through the supply chain disruption over the last couple of years. Because I can tell you the business value is not getting unnoticed because all the critical deliverables, critical POs into critical deliverables, into the business cases of all those 18 markets, we uh, by the end of December 2021, and uh, the call is out for 2022, we were able to fulfill all those critical purchase or orders in time and to the satisfaction to the business plan, of course, of those 18 markets. On Jessica RPAs, automation benefit, Jessica leveraged solutions that can learn and improve over time, helping GSSE achieve operational efficiency, which added levels of controls at a very significant lower cost base. So uh, in terms of process automation, the ROI is 130%. Reduction cycle time has decreased by 80%. We have touched and automated more than 15 key sourcing processes. The data prep automation, the ROI is 115%. Reduction cycling time actually on the data preparation automation reduced by 95%. When I look at the recommendation engine benefit, we have in the recommendation engine, we ensure that we benefit from every possible bundling opportunity by scanning ongoing tenders and planned sourcing events. This has improved our leverage over suppliers during sourcing events. This has directly impacted the commercial terms and condition and motivated suppliers also to think out of the box to innovate their business proposals towards our organization. Strategic bundling recommendation discovered are more than five times now and recommendations in the pipeline are 100 plus new recommendations in terms of bundling opportunities if, if we test it against 2021. DSA, so the decision support benefits by introducing the DSA, we have also taken out, first of all, subjectivity in terms of the preferred award scenario from our sourcing decisions. All the bits are now analyzed for their cost drivers, stress tested with award scenario optimization, and negotiation agendas are now drafted using game theory for each of the bidders. Thank you, Dirk. I mean, this is tremendous value and benefit that you've delivered, and it, it's great to see how the sourcing has become a strategic kind of uh, strategy of MTN Group itself. So as You've used this new solution from source to pay. How has this changed your relationship with your suppliers? I think it's a good question, Wayne, because I want to reflect on this. 
in terms of supplier collaboration? Have we established also benefits with the engagement of our tier one suppliers and OEMs? And I must say, yes, because as part of this digital transformation, we talked about the nerve system. This nerve system is being used as a control tower for all of our strategic tier one suppliers. And those suppliers are now providing us in return for having us having the nerve center. They are also providing us voluntarily the real time data insights into their ordering and shipping uh, world for MTN orders in order to get alerts, in order to have intervention as soon as possible, in order to meet the estimated ETA time, we work together on my center of excellent supply chain with the suppliers in order to bring in those supplies to the 18 markets. So they even created IT investments or kicking off IT developments in their organization to integrate to my nerve system in order to avoid, let's say, supply chain disruptions on our account. Our control tower is now directly getting the data from the manufacturing systems from all of our strategic tier one suppliers. Additionally, we are using data points to drive supplier relationships and behavior, including unlocking new partnerships and also enabling, of course, more the freestyle innovation proposals back to the business from the supplier. We just recently announced also the partnership with a company that is called Duca to enable the digitization of all our local suppliers by providing them a B2B procurement marketplace. It is, again, an industry-first initiative in Africa. And similarly, we have also partnered, of course, with the University of Johannesburg to enhance innovation initiatives to translate what a lot of the startups, what a lot of the traditional procurement and supply chain organizations are seeking is going from efficiency to effectiveness. We are using the universities in many ways in order to detect new procurement use cases that we would like to develop, let's say, early tools for those use cases and apply, of course, the knowledge of data science of the University of Joburg uh, in it. So at the moment, we are in a pilot stage where we are trying to automate game theory decisions in, in the auctioning environment where we are going to give online assistance to the team that runs an e-auction, what is going to be forecasted as the next game theory advice to come to the desired outcome. That's our next further development of our decision support application 2.0. And so perfect segue, because where do you go from here now? And uh, what do you think are the kind of next steps of continuing? As you and I know, we've been in this space for a long time that it doesn't stop. The journey doesn't stop and it continues. So where do you, uh, sitting in your vantage point, see where this is going and what the next steps are? Yes. When vision-wise, was I told you about belief in the beginning of podcast here and the strategy that we have outlined. 
What I want to reflect on is that the key enabler is also changing the organization, the digital DNA. And of course, we talked about agility in procurement and supply chain. And that comes with the transformational change of the whole organization in the next 12 to 18 months. It's not only getting the right people on the right seat in the right bus. It's also about having the capability of an e-learning organization. So the tools in itself, efficiency-wise or effectiveness-wise, they cannot stand alone. They need to be embedded in our culture, in our daily work of sourcing transactions and supply chain decision-making. So in order to win this learning impact, constantly and developing new use cases, adapting it and increase the usage in the organization. We have gone now for the next 12 to 18 months in a complete revamp of the procurement and supply chain organization. We are changing the sourcing process model. We are changing the empowerment of the category managers and global leads. We have adopted a new scrum certification and methodology in procurement. So all the rapid IT software development with the sprints, the parts, the squads in and sprint sourcing transaction with cross-functional teams are now our next step in transforming the procurement organization. In addition to this internal ambitions to use the digital tools and to keep on learning and applying the outcomes of those data insights. We also having, of course, in the next 12 to 18 months, the ambition to enhance collaboration with startups and the universities, specifically University of Johannesburg, as well as a university in the UAE. We want to advance our control tower nerves and I talked about, which combines sourcing transaction. It provides inventory data and therefore also the need of optimizing our working capital and, of course, to also avoid any disruption in our supply chain. We also want to ensure that our markets are getting the supplies that they need on time with early alert system in place to improve our interventions and preventions further and further preventions if a disruption occurs. We want to focus on now the people we want to focus on training of people and investing in their skills over the next 12 to 18 months. And we are providing in that transformational journey, agile coaching, agile training, the certification scrum, along with upscaling our teams in areas of intelligent automation to be future ready, which we hope to translate into value business outcomes because they could be addressing much more frequently the spend. Above all, we want our business stakeholders and customers to be thrilled, of course, over the next 12 to 18 months if they see a change in our agility and, of course, providing partnering advisory services that really make a big impact across our businesses. There's one thing that we will continue to do throughout all of this change, and that is to continue the challenge of the status quo. It's a really bold vision 
that you have. And, and I do want to congratulate you on the team that you have built, your integration and creating that procurement center of excellence. You have uh, incorporated and embedded a lot of technology skill sets in that group. But again, want to thank you, Andrew, Gaurav, in again, participating in this, spending the time uh, today, having the discussions, sharing your story on how you went and built this digital solution, end-to-end solution, and how you transformed your source-to-pay process. So thank you very much, Dirk, for taking the time to speak with us here. Let me reiterate, I'm highly appreciative about having been considered, headed out, of course, out of Africa, this kind of trailblazer for digitization of uh, group sourcing and supply chain. But let me also reflect on the ambition. My CEO always tells me, bring me awards, right? And this is not going to be the end of the journey. We always want to be assessed. We always want to participate. I think we, we have talked about the digital components part. We have talked about having the right skills the right persons in the right seat on the bus. But now we are in under this transformation and adapting a complete, trans, really transformational way of running the sourcing and procurement organization in agility, with iterations in, in the sprints. And we would love, of course, to come back to Hackett in reflecting on the results achieved and how that journey uh, went to become an agile learning and flat organization. Thank you, Dirk. Thanks for listening. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackagroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode or send us an email at podcast.thehackagroup.com. The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackettgroup.com.